Welcome to the Airborne Youth Podcast. Today you'll be hearing a message from a guest speaker. Man, first of all, worship team, you guys were incredible. And I can say that because if you can't tell, I've been crying a lot already. Um, <laughs> thanks, Trenton. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, but I also have to say that Ben and Cameron, between the two of you, you stole my message for tonight. So it was just confirmation, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about intimacy with the Father and beholding the King for who he is and seeing him rightly and correctly. Sorry. I'm probably going to cry a lot, guys. Um, but yeah, so how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, you can just kind of contemplate this, know how good God is? Like, truly, truly, in your heart of hearts, I, you can say, I've experienced the goodness of God. Yeah, and that's incredible. Um, so I've been on this, like, thing with God, this journey with God right now of discovering him all over again. So I've, I've been a Christian. I grew up in church, but I came back to the Lord when I was 15. And so that's like a lot of years. And, um, (laughs) and I feel like I go through these seasons and these ebbs and flows of rediscovering who God is. And I feel like lately I've been on this journey of discovery again, once again, of beholding the lamb and beholding the king how he truly, truly is, and that involves, like, wiping the lenses clean and not seeing through cloudiness, but seeing through the clarity of Christ Jesus. And so often we we get into these, like, ruts of what's going on around us that we forget to behold his majesty. We forget to behold his goodness, and we forget what he's done for us because he's not doing anything now, even though he is, that we just forget. And it's almost as if we, like, step out of what what's going on and um this like veil drops as if we can't see it anymore and so lately I felt like I've been in a season where God is lifting that veil again and I'm beholding the fire in his eyes and the passion in his heart and so I want to talk to you guys about all that but more specifically I want to talk to you guys about how to discover who the father is why we discover who the father is and some random tidbits of what I feel God is doing. And so for the how, I, and Ben touched on this, um, is intimacy and relationship with the Father. The more we discover God, the more we discover ourselves. And we, <laughs> the more we discover God, the more we discover ourselves. Um. We can go through life, especially at teenage years, trying to figure out who we are. And we look to friends and family and social media and media in general and school and your guidance counselor saying, what are you going to become this year? <laughs> and like, where are you going after school? And, and we don't pause and say, God, who do you say I am? And so we wander around feeling lost and like we don't have direction. And, and God is kind of like, Hey, like, if you just asked me, if you looked at me right now, I would tell you who I'm calling you to be. Um, and, and that revelation and that security of who God's calling you to be comes from being in his presence and being surrounded and immersed in the goodness of who he is. And I want to I wanna read this thing to you. Um, 
I don't know how to say his last name. Bob Sorgs, is that it? Sorgi? Bob Sorgi. He writes this in one of his books. The sun provides heat, light, energy, and ultraviolet rays, radiation. When we place ourselves in the sun of his countenance, the radiation of his glory does violence to those cancerous iniquities that we often feel helpless to fully overcome. When you're in his presence for extended periods, the molecular composition of your soul gets restructured. You start to think differently, and you don't even know why. The secret is simply this, large chunks of time in God's presence, loving him and absorbing his word. So in this, Bob Sorge, he he presents to you that literally being in God's presence changes your molecular structure and rewires how your spirit feels and how your, your mind thinks. And we can get this, like, I feel like sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, I'm, like, trying to, like, do devotions with God, and, and I'm so distracted. And, and I think it's because this lack of revelation of the power of being in his presence. And when we grab hold of what his presence does, it gives us a new zeal to get in his presence. Um, yeah, so that was one of the hows. Relationship leads you into intimacy, which leads you into a greater knowledge of who you are and who God is. And guys, there is like, there is no end to the depth of who God is. There's no end. There is infinite amount of things to discover about him. And there are infinite number of things to discover about yourself. It says his thoughts number the grains of sand. I don't know if you've ever tried to count that on a beach, but it's like infinite. And so there is always, always, always something new to discover about yourself and to discover about God. And it comes from beholding and looking in the mirror of Jesus. Um, The other thing I want to touch on is seeing him as he is and not who we've made him to be. Our lives and the things that happen to us really dictate how we view God sometimes. I'm going to be really vulnerable with you guys for a second. So my father, my birth dad, (laughs) um, was a drug addict and alcoholic. And I was a major daddy's girl. Like, I was with him all the time, and, and he was my world. And so when I found out about that, my view was shattered. And instead of just being mad at my dad, I was mad at God. And I started seeing God through this lens of unforgiveness and bitterness and anger of, like, how could you do this to me? And um, years later, after my dad passed away, um, I had this moment when I was 15. And I wasn't walking really with the Lord. I was just kind of, like, skating through life. And I saw myself as this angry, bitter girl who put on a face for my friends at school because I didn't want them to know that I was in pain, that I was hurt. But when I was home, I was miserable, and I was angry, and I was walking in such a level of unforgiveness that it was, like, unpleasant to be around me. But when I was 15, I had this moment with God at the beach um, with my old youth group before Airborne. And I suddenly had this revelation that God is not my dad. He's not like my father on earth. He's better, and he's good. And he walked me through this, pro- this process of forgiveness, of forgiving my dad, and even forgiving myself 
for things that happen and, and forgiving myself for being angry and for forgiving myself for letting me, like letting myself wallow in this area of self-pity and regret. And most of all, he walked me through the steps of seeing him rightly and seeing him as the Bible says that he is. He's unchanging. He's faithful. He is love and he is just. He is kind and he is mercy. He is glorious and he is beautiful. And his love surpasses all understanding. It takes vulnerability and boldness to get before God and say, okay, Lord, I'm not scared of who you are, and I'm not scared of who you're going to show me I am. So are you willing to, like, do that? Is that some, like, if you don't know who you are right now, you need to have the courage to step up to his throne boldly. Boldly we come before the throne and ask him to reveal it, and don't be scared of the look in his eyes. Don't be scared of the look on his face. Because I guarantee it's not what you think it is. Eyes of fire that burn with love. I have tons of verses over here, and I'm skipping all of them right now, just so you're aware. I am prepared, but... Yeah. When I was reading um, different verses for this, I came... The verse... um, well, I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was. Psalms 8-4 came up, and in the verse it says, Who is man that you are mindful of him? And it shook me because I was like, God, who am I that you would care so much about me that in the depths of my despair, you decided that I was worth it to chase after? Why is my life so valuable to you? And it was in those questions that God begins to reveal that from the foundations of the earth, he chose you. From the foundations of the earth, before the earth was even formed, there was God. And God knew that he was going to create us. And he loved us infinitely more than we can imagine. Man. There is such a a humbling that comes when you realize that the God of all power, who can do anything and everything, took time to send his son to die on a cross simply because he loved you. Simply because he so desired to be in relationship with you, to speak truth over you, to love you so that one day we can be with him in heaven. Um, one phrase that has always really stuck to me since I was in youth group is, you become what you behold. And uh, when Tom Crandall was here, he kind of like talked about, show me who you hang out with and I'll show you who you'll be. Um, and I feel like this verse, that, like the saying kind of ties in to that well, as well, the, we be, become what we behold. Um, yeah, so what are you guys looking at? 
What are you looking at? How much time do you spend looking at God? We're called to be like him. We're called to be mirrors of his presence. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we can, draw, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The more we know him, the deeper we go, the higher he takes us, the brighter we become. Jesus came as an example for us. And his word and his life aren't supposed to give us this like, oh, we can never measure up to that. It's supposed to lead us into this place of, God, I just want to be like you. In all my days, no matter what it takes, that's what I'm going to try for. And even when I fall short, you love me. And even when I forget, you love me. You are exactly enough for God. supposed to be imitators of God. Um, so what, when it says we become like mirrors, it also refers to examples for people around us. Um, and so we exemplify Christ to others. And we kind of talk about this a lot of like, what kind of example are you setting at school and in your family? And, and I just want to hit on again briefly because that's what the Bible tells us, is we're supposed to be mirrors. And if, but if we're not even beholding the person we're supposed to be like, how can we rightly exemplify his love and his passion and his desire for those around us? It all starts, it all comes back to this foundation of knowing Jesus, of loving Jesus, of pouring your heart out before him and allowing him to fill you and transform you. What am I if I don't love God? What am I if I don't have love? Love, love, love. First and foremost, above all else, I will love the Lord my God. And from that, everything comes. From that, everything comes. And I, you guys see me up on stage worshiping a lot, and, and I have spent years pursuing the presence of God simply because I love him. And, and I worship because I love him. Not because it's a stage or a platform, because I love the infinite creator who sacrificed his life for me, who saved me from my despair, who, who took away my anger and my bitterness and gave me joy and gave me hope and taught me how to love again and taught me how to trust again. I'm a youth leader because I love Jesus and I love you guys. And I want you to be set free by the revelation that's set me free. Because of love. Because of love. No selfish agenda. Because of love. And it's our love for the Father that leads us into relationship. If you don't love somebody, you won't pursue a relationship with them. If you're not even interested in somebody. So are you interested in God? Are you in love with God? And are you willing to fall in love with God? There is an immense, immense desire on the Father's heart to be one with you, fully and completely 
where there's no break of this is where I start and end and this is where God begins. But an interwoven, no separation, can't tell where one begins and one ends kind of relationship. And I think it's a huge, like, learning process to learn to do that, and I'm still learning it. Because it takes so much um, humbling, and it takes correction, and it takes falling again and again to realize, oh, that's what you were saying, God. That's what you meant by that. But are you willing to go through the process? Do you love him enough to go through the process? Do you love yourself enough to go through the process of discovering the infinite glory of God and the goodness and the depth of his love for you? Are you placing enough value and weight on your own heart to pursue his presence? You guys are worthy of being whole. You're worthy of love. You are worthy to be welcomed into the kingdom, received by rows of angels shouting your name. But if you can't see your own worth for that, how are you going to chase God for it? See, I know that I'm worthy. And so I can come before God and say, Lord, I know that I'm called to do this. And I know that I'm worthy enough to you for you to do this for me. So where is your heart at? Do you know how worthy you are of relationship with him? He is not a distant God. He is not a distant God. He so desires to be with you and to be one with you, but he wants you to desire it back. You can't just sit there and expect him to do all the work. Relationships are work. Intimacy is work. Yeah. I, um, a while back, I don't know if you guys remember David Moore, the, the, the Brit. Um, he, uh, spoke about, I think he spoke down here about it, about dying to yourself. And, um, I was reminded of that while I was communicating with God about this, about tonight, and speaking to you guys. And, um, and I was reminded about it because there comes a point in relationships where it's not just about you, but it's about the other person. And it takes sacrifice on your part. But not only that, if you take it to the biblical side of it, there's verses upon verses about us being crucified with Christ and dying to ourselves and taking up his cross and taking up his thoughts and his emotions. And I feel like that's the next step in discovering who God is and, and, and in beholding him is laying yourself aside and taking up the weight that's on his heart for a generation, for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers and your peers, this sacrificial love of I'll do anything. Here I am, send me. It's hard to give stuff up, though, if you don't know who you're giving it up for. And it's hard to give things up 
if you don't know what they're asking. And it's hard to give things up and lay things down when you're too focused on yourself. And I feel like God is calling this youth group, this generation into this this place of intimate encounter with the Lord where it's no longer me, 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 but it's you, you, you. Where you send me, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. What you do, I'll do. Where you go, I'll go. And I'll sacrifice myself and my own emotions and my own feelings and my own desires because my God is bigger than me and knows better. And the assurance of that comes, once again, from relationship and intimacy with God. If you have the relationship with God, when he asks you to do something, it's not hard. Because you've built that trust and you've built that communication up. Yeah, I'm like breezing through these notes, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, when Cameron was singing that spontaneous stuff at the end, um, she started singing, just want to sit at your feet. And I can't remember the other words right now, but (laughs) drink from the cup in your hand, lean back against you and breathe and feel your heart beat. And that so encompasses a majority of what I'm talking about. That desire of, I just want to sit at your feet, God. I just want to be in your presence. Because remember, being in his presence changes our molecular composition of our souls. That's pretty intense, guys. Like, I don't know about you, but that's kind of like scary <laughs> to think that the presence of God can literally change the structure of my soul. It's exciting. It's awesome. But it's kind of like, crazy to think about and to wrap your mind around. But sitting at his feet, that's something I can do. It's something that I want to (laughs) do. Something that I don't do enough of, but I want to do more of. It's something I desire for you guys to do. I was, um, praying with a girl with some of our other leadership here at church the other week, and that's kind of what brought this message about, because I got this word for her, and and then and the word that I got for her was about a mirror, and it was all fogged up and cloudy, and she was scared to wipe it clean, because she was afraid of what she'd see. And I felt, God, in that moment, that it wasn't just for her, but it was for a generation, because we, we've become so scared of seeing the truth of things that we hide from it. And when our lens gets cloudy and when the mirror fogs up, we're like, oh, that's okay. I don't need to see. I don't, I don't need to see. I know, I know enough. But if you wiped the mirror clean, you'd see a God smiling back at you who's just been waiting there all along. Not with wrath, but with love. And I feel like tonight that's something God wants us to do is God wants us to see him rightly, to wipe the mirrors clean, to look into the face of Jesus 
and see what he truly, truly sees. Um, Cameron, if you want to come up and just start playing. I'm not going to keep you guys too much longer. It's but, yeah, just inward contemplation in this moment. How many of you feel, you don't have to raise your hand, just think about it and decide in your heart. How many of you feel like your mirror is fogged up, but you want to wipe it clean? Because I know and I trust that the God who set me free and the God that's moving in this place will meet you tonight and reveal to you the depth of his love for you so that no longer do you have to be fearful when you come to him. No longer do you have to shy away from his presence but you can step in boldly asking him to come. And you can come to him boldly saying, okay, Lord, what's next? Where are we going? What are we doing? So I have one last thing that I want to do before I have leaders pray and stuff. But um, I want everyone to, you can stand, kneel, sit, um, just get into a, your own like little world, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and I want you to close your eyes. So get comfy, close your eyes. And I'm going to read something to you guys that I read in a book once, and, um, and I'm a visionary person. When I, when I hear things, I can picture it. So that's kind of why, why I wanted to do this to you, because I can read it. And even just thinking about reading, it makes me want to cry. Because <laughs> of how gloriously beautiful God is. So go ahead and just close your eyes. Just get into that place with the Lord. And I'm just going to read this. Envision him now, Jesus, standing next to his father. Joy exudes from his heart, and his laughter ripples through the courts. He smiles and glory drenches eternity. His eyes wash heaven with love. Now he slowly lifts his arms. Streams of splendor shine out from the glorified lamb. His glory illuminates all of heaven like a bright chandelier. Can you see him? See the one whose eyes once spilled teardrops of sorrow, now sparkling with holy fire. See the face once swollen and raw from patches of his beard torn out, now radiating brighter than the light of the sun. See his body, once stripped naked and bathed in blood, now bathed in eternal majesty. Narrow your focus and look at his hands and his feet. See the hands that bled from nail holes, bleeding with infinite splendor. See the feet once spiked to a stake of timber, now gleaming like polished bronze. See his side, once stabbed with the blade of a sword, now releasing rivers of revival to this earth. Most of all, look at his heart, from which this resurrection glory flows. Just stay there for a second. A man beaten and bruised for you now stands in perfection and desires you. Now switch the seat and see Jesus the Lamb sitting on the throne next to the Father. Light beams burst from his hands. Bright shining rays spill from his feet. Swift flowing rivers stream from his side. 
Glory pours from his whole being. Look at his face. Shining like a million suns. Now fire burns in his eyes. And his tears blaze like shooting stars. See the wrinkles around his eyes as he scrunches up his face to smile at you. How can one so beautifully described ever be angry with you? Love pours from his eyes and he desires nothing, nothing more than to be close to you, to love on you, and to see you transformed by the power of his glory and the undiluted magnitude of his presence. Just stay in that place of seeing the lamb on the throne. Eyes shining with fire. A smile stretched from ear to ear. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, visit airborneyouth.com.